Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. All right, welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. The day has finally arrived. Producer Joe Armacost, how are you today? Yes, uh, ho, 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 on the Dan Bongino Show. We have uh, <laughs> the best audience ever. Yeah. I love you guys and ladies to death. Yeah. You all are absolutely incredible. So my new book... I didn't say it on yesterday's show. Spygate, the attempted sabotage of Donald uh, Donald J. Trump, is now available on Amazon for pre-order. And uh, yesterday, all I did was send out a tweet. And because you all are simply fantastic, it is uh, now number one in like seven or eight categories, including you're going to get a kick out of this one. And I'm not kidding here. It's not a joke. We're number one in atmospheric sciences. How about that? How about that? I, I'm not kidding on Amazon. What? I have no idea how we wound up what? in atmospheric sciences, uh, in politics and political parties, uh, espionage. Okay, great. I get that. Uh, that made sense. But we are number one in atmospheric sciences, thanks to you. Uh, the book has been just selling like hotcakes. I can't thank you enough. Please. I, you know, I don't ask a lot. I try not to be too neat. You're a funny cat, Armacost. I, I gotta funny. tell you, I love it. sciences, huh? It's true. I'm not making it up. I'll tweet it out later. Oh. We're number. My friend Drew Steele, who listens to the show, radio host down here, he texts me this morning with it. He's like, "Look at this. You're number one in atmospheric sciences." I'm like, "Yeah, baby, yeah." <laughs> <laughs> the book is killer. Uh, you are gonna love it. All the connections, all the players. It's laid out almost like a criminal case with the names. You cannot screw it up when you're done. It is, uh, it's a nice book to partner with other books, but there are things in there. I promise you, you are not going to find anywhere else. You have my absolute word on that, including a stunning find by one of my co-authors about a potential motivation for the foreign involvement in our elections, which is going to blow your mind. She does an unbelievable job of laying that portion of the book out. It is terrific. It's called Spygate, the attempted sabotage of Donald Donald J. Trump. I humbly ask you to go pick it up today. It'll be out October 9th, but the pre-orders really, really help us. Please go to Amazon, um, pick it up today. Again, Spygate, the attempted sabotage of Donald uh, Donald J. Trump you I can't for some reason I can't get that out you will not regret it I promise you're going to love this book even one of our editors by the way who you know the editor obviously reads through the book the editor was like this is unbelievably compelling like you can't put it down and once you start seeing the connections you'll if you're a regular listener to the show it's going to all come together so I'd really appreciate that again uh the attempted sabotage of Donald uh, Donald J Trump uh Spygate. Go check it out on Amazon today. Please help us get into the top 100. We're like right there. We're at 130, which out of all the millions of books on Amazon is pretty strong. So uh, we're number one in our category. So thanks a lot. All right. Um, Okay. Uh, So yesterday, I don't know if you missed it, but there was an epic, epic troll by Donald Trump. He is. He's. (laughs) Did you miss this at the press conference? Guys, ladies, this is why. The man is constantly underestimated by people. And one of the things that bothers me is you may disagree with his style. You can disagree with anything. It's a constitutional republic. That's as long as you don't threaten the man's uh, life, God forbid. Um, You are free in a constitutional republic to object to just about anything the president does. And that's great. That's the essence of liberty and freedom. My problem with the media and liberals is they constantly sell this man's intellect short, Joe. Now, one of the shows a couple weeks ago, I discussed how that's not even a rational position. The man has clearly been a very successful businessman. He hasn't been a successful businessman without failure. 
I don't think many successful businessmen have. I mean, even Steve Jobs thought the Newton was a good idea, right? But he has made himself hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars. He also managed to pull off out of 330 million people in this country. Only one person is the president of the United States at a time. There are probably close to 10, if not 20, who knows, 30 million people who would love to be the president. There are probably close to at any given time, five, 10,000, Joe, serious contenders, wealthy business people, Mm -hmm. politicians, senators, governors, etc. Trump managed to pull this off with almost no political, well, definitely no elected office experience. He has dabbled in politics before, but he's never run officially before where he's been on that ballot and run, right? With no political experience at all, the first office he wins is the presidency. And I say this because I'm, I'm constantly amazed at how many people in the media constantly sell this man's intellect short because they don't like the substance of how he talks. Now, me having grown up in New York and in Queens, where uh, Trump is from, I'm, I'm used to I'm used to that kind of talk, the brash style, the braggadocio, yeah. the chest puffery, even the language. Very, very, and those of you who are from New York, from Queens, the Bronx, uh, not necessarily Manhattan. That's like a separate entity altogether, I'd say. I'm not, I don't mean that in a, in a pejorative kind of way. I mean it like they just, the people in Manhattan are just different. A lot of them commute in, too. Um, very, very smart people in Queens. People with high intellect, high intellectual aptitude, intellectual, in, intellectual achievement, mm-hmm. talk in a way that is off-putting i guess to others so we're used to it we don't associate dropping some f-bombs and the way trump talks with a lack of intellect you get it joe we've learned to segregate out the two sometimes you have to toot your own horn sometimes you do sometimes you have to and and he's good at it and that's what that's the style of the queen's guy right yep but we've we've i've learned to separate the two and i understand that this guy is a is a really really smart guy he gets it Something happened yesterday. I didn't mean to go on long-winded there, but it's important because, again, the guy is constantly portrayed as some kind of ignoramus who doesn't know what he's doing. Trump has had this ongoing battle with the media that I spoke about last night on the Hannity Show, and this ongoing battle with the media has been genius. He has taken conventional wisdom and thrown it on its head. Conventional wisdom with the media, as Joe well knows, having been involved in politics Mm. at a largely conservative talk radio station for most of his adult life now. Joe, remember the old theory about battling the media if you were a conservative it was you don't fight people who buy ink by the barrel right that correct absolutely. right you'd leave them alone let them let them call you a racist misogynist and phobic phobophobic phobophobe whatever it doesn't matter Heard it let them do times. it yeah right remember joe because if you fight yeah. back they're just going to write more negative stuff and they're going to destroy you you that, got I, you got that constantly i know oh my gosh yeah. when i was running in maryland it was yeah. abhorrent some of the there was one guy this guy, John Fritzy at the Baltimore Sun, who was who was really fair. I mean, I wouldn't say okay. he was he's not a conservative or anything, but I thought his pieces were generally pretty fair. Outside of that, we got slaughtered by the media every day. Now they never, you know, called me a racist, thank you know, thank God. I'd be pretty fired up. I'd probably sue if they did. Right. Um, but the coverage was abhorrent. Donald Trump, understand, has turned this model on its head. This is important because it explains the media hysteria over Trump now and their one-upmanship of crazy. 
they've gone from crazy coverage to insane coverage and they're actually destroying not just damaging but because their brand is already damaged but they're in the process of actually decimating and destroying their own brand you understand what I'm telling you oh, yeah they're at the point now where they're wiping out their viewership they're right wiping out their subscription base they're wiping out their readership base in print media they are losing their entire audience as I said last night on Hannity CNN is in the process of losing their ratings to reruns of HGTV about people buying beach property they bought seven or eight years ago this is pretty uh, bob ross reruns on pbs pretty little tree look at this tree they're pretty little tree i love bob ross but cnn is is they're being destroyed if cnn wasn't on an airport it wouldn't be on anywhere (laughs) they're being decimated now they're doing this because i believe trump has genuinely flipped the script on them and they have no idea how to tactically respond because their old model in the past is we're in charge we buy ink by the barrel, don't mess with us, and we will in turn, we, we understand you can't mess with us, so we're going to double down on criticism and charges of racism and misogyny, all, all not, not only ill-founded, but potentially libelous and slanderous in many cases. But they didn't care because they knew people wouldn't fight back because the running theory was to leave the media alone even when they say horrible things because they'll keep writing horrible things. Trump has flipped it around. His entire brand is not only... This is going to be like triple, quadruple negatives. His brand is, is, is not, he doesn't ignore the media. He has actually used attacking the media as a positive, as a look, I'm the guy taking on the media. Instead of the idea in the past, Joe, and the media knew this, which was, you better leave them alone. They're going to come after you. And if they come after you, it is going to be ruthless. Mm-hmm. And you better back down. The media knew that. So they doubled down. They didn't care. They call you a racist, whatever, insinuated. They knew you were going to back down. Not only now does this guy not back down, he doubles down his criticism and he's using it to build a positive, hey, I'm a warrior for you against the media label. It's driving them crazy. Mm-hmm. That is a strategy, folks. It's not an accident. Donald Trump has figured out a soft spot. The soft spot is there is a large swath of American base voters who will turn out and vote for Trump who are sick and tired of media lies. They're tired of it. They're done with it. They are, they're, guys, done. Done, donezo. Forget it, right? The point I'm trying to make with this is yesterday something happened at the press conference We with the, uh, with the Italian prime minister. He's at the press conference, and the first question at the press conference, and you know, you get accustomed to this being a, with the Secret Service at these things all the time. Mm-hmm. The first question at the press conference is always a big deal. Who does he take the first question for from? Sejar from the Daily Caller. Why does that matter? Mm. See, a lot of people didn't pick up on this. Mm. Joe, I don't know if you did either. This is a big I deal. Didn't. Why? What's been going on? The Daily Caller, which is a terrific outlet, Luke Rosiak, Chuck Ross, Sejar and Jetty over there, they've been doing terrific work, Amber Athey. The Daily Caller's been doing incredible work over there. Now, do they write pieces that are opinion? Of course. So does the New York Times, the Washington Post, the Wall Street Journal, everyone else. It really bothers the left-wing media that an outlet like the Daily Caller through Chuck Ross and Luke Rosiak are breaking stories every day on the Pakistani IT scandal on the Hill. Chuck Ross, who broke the story about Stefan Halper, the FBI asset used to target Trump. That was Chuck Ross's story. That wasn't a mainstream media outlet. They are furious. So let me lay the battlefield for you. Trump is not a dope. Trump has strategically taken on the media, whereas Republicans in the past have backed down. 
strategically taken on the media has become a positive for him, not a negative, which is driving the media wild because how do you respond? With more anger, which allows Trump to take on the media even more, which boosts his approval rating, which boosts the psychopathy of the left-wing media. They don't know what to do. (laughs) They can't dial it down because they're afraid they'll send a signal to him that he won. He already won. So he goes to the press conference yesterday knowing the Daily Caller is under full frontal assault. They've been under assault by people at BuzzFeed and other people as well saying these guys don't belong in there. The Daily Caller, this is not a mainstream media outlet, which is a joke because they're not mainstream at all. The liberal hacks, right? So Trump knows all this, Joe, of course, Mm -hmm. and he gets up and who does he take the first question from? Oh, the Daily Caller. (laughs) How about that? How about that, Trump? Oh, I you may have missed it. And of course, the outrage was insane. If you're not on Twitter um, following it, I get it. A lot of you don't have to. This, this is what I do for a living. I, m- most of you have, you work really hard for a living. You can't sit there on Twitter. But I spend about a good hour or two hours a day on Twitter um, basically looking at left-wing accounts to see what the thought process of the day is going to be. I follow select account. I can't put them because they'll block me. I'm sorry. I wish I could, folks, but I know they'll block me. But I follow them, and well, I'll put one of them out there because I don't think he he may block me. He's blocked those. But this Ken Delanian at NBC. Ken Delanian lost his mind. He basically attacked uh, the, the next up Sputnik, like making a joke about how they asked the Daily Caller got to ask the question for. Yeah, he lost his <laughs> mind, Joe. He and he just got crushed. I'll put. By the way, I'll put an article in the show notes today at Bongino.com uh, from Twitchy about how Ken Delaney and himself, who has been. Uh, Credibly accused of being in bed with administration officials and vetting stories before that. He lost his mind on Twitter, along with all the other left-wing journalists, too. Oh, my gosh, the Daily Caller. But this is another example of of, of the Trump. I hate the, the Trump derangement syndrome because it's, you know, it's a, but it's true. Yeah. They don't know what to do. And he trolls them so effortlessly instead of just letting it go. Right. Instead of just letting it go that the Daily Caller was called on first. Right. They, Joe, they're so emotionally wrapped up in their fight against Donald Trump. What do they do? Again, they're supposed to be journalists. Yeah. They respond in a personal, not professional way, attacking the Daily Caller based on no substance at all, to which what? Conservatives rally behind again the Daily Caller and Trump and just make these idiots look foolish again and again and again. (laughs) Dude. (laughs) <laughs> You're I tell you. People love it. I've get more comments about you and the soundboard. They're like, let him go. I'm like, let him go. He already goes. What do you mean let him go? Let him go. Like I have any control. I don't have his computer. I can't even touch it. His computer's on his right side. He does whatever he wants. <laughs> and Joe, yeah. doubling down on the hypocrisy, yeah. I have another piece at the Washington Examiner. <laughs> About how just a few days ago, Caitlin Collins, who I believe used to write for the Daily Caller, by the way, works for CNN. I don't know Caitlin. She never, you know, I don't have anything personal against her. And I'm a big supporter of the free press. But Caitlin Collins was was uh, was asked not to attend the White House meeting because when asked to leave the room, she kept shouting questions. By the way, something Obama's done. Obama has kicked reporters out for repeatedly asking questions when stopped. He has. It's on videotape. Matter of fact, I may play it on the NRA TV show tonight. I was going to do it last night. You, you know this story. Obama yeah. has thrown reporters out. It's on tape. 
So they asked this Caitlin Collins. They didn't say CNN couldn't come in and cover a later event, but they said to Caitlin Collins at CNN, you specifically cannot come into this later event because when asked to leave, you repeatedly would not leave the room and kept shouting questions. Again, I'm an advocate for the free press. The White House is free to do what they want on that and, and take the political fallout from it, right? But what's interesting, Joe, is when it was about Caitlin Collins and CNN, everybody rallied around them. Oh, CNN's great. But now all of a sudden it's the Daily Caller and this guy Ken Delanian from NBC and others attacked the Daily Caller. You know, all the liberal media people all of a sudden are quiet about it. Oh, no, it's the Daily Caller. We're free to attack them. You see how these people are such hacks they are? Trump is senses this. He senses this soft spot. He always goes for the soft spot. He's doing, you know, I was going to talk about this less, but that's why he's doing this again with the NFL and he's doing it with the government shutdown. These were, these were, I had these stories labeled five and six, but it's important now to bring up. The NFL story, he keeps poking and prodding on. The latest update in the NFL story, by the way, I've never seen a brand destroy itself. Uh, right, a, a, a toilet bowl-like spiral down the toilet bowl like the NFL. I just can't believe how a billion-dollar enterprise with some allegedly smart people has so decimated its own brand in the name of a few snowflake social justice warriors. I've never seen anything like it in my life. Jerry Jones, the owner of the Cowboys, comes out finally and says, listen, you're on our, you're on our team, you're going to toe the line. Toe, T-O-E, not T-O-W. You are going to step up during the National Anthem, put your feet on that line, put your hand on your heart. You want to protest and do your other stuff, fine. Not on my time. I own the team. Good for him. That position probably appeals to 90% of America. Instead of the NFL letting it go, Joe, I know, I was actually going to go buy a Cowboys jersey after that. Instead of letting it go, the NFL tells Jerry Jones, hey, we don't want you talking about this. Oh, can you guys? I'm done. I'm done. Every time I try to give them a little bit of credit, they can't get out of their own way. Trump senses this. He has a knack for the political soft spot of America, and he moves right in for the kill every single time. That's why he keeps talking about this story. Now, folks, understand this. The reason this does not penetrate into the mainstream GOP, the swamp rats. The reason the mainstream GOP, and I use that term mainstream loosely, doesn't cover these issues, doesn't get into the press fights, doesn't get into the the NFL story, doesn't get into the shutdowns. Oh, the shutdown. We can't shut the government down. What did Trump tweet out the other day? I don't get my border wall. I'm all, I'm fine with the government shutdown. The GOP, the mainstream GOP was like, oh. Oh, Joe's looking at my face. Oh, you can't say that. So I have another article in the show notes today. Great clip by Mark Levin from the Mark Levin show. Hat tip. Well, Mark Levin's like, why? Last time the government shut down in 2013, the Republicans picked up seats in the Senate. How did we, how did we lose? We didn't lose anything. We won seats. Why? Why does Trump see the soft spots? He pokes around. Oh, soft spot. Ah, keep going. Because, folks, I've run for office. When you're brought up in this, right? I was not, but I didn't win my seats, right? But I ran. I ran more than enough credible races. We raised a lot of money. We almost pulled off an upset. Um, Almost doesn't count. Horseshoes and hand grenades. But what happens in the political space, 
is there are, it's a big incestuous circle. When you run for office and you get, say, endorsements and support from people, what winds up happening is some of them, not all of them, will say, hey, I want to recommend this guy. This guy is going to be a great campaign manager, a great consultant. I need you to bring him on. This is what happens. So what happens in that circle, Joe, is the credible candidates that get credible endorsements, right. These they wind up bringing on people who've been used by the candidates before. Mm-hmm. What I'm trying to tell you is the people putting the messaging out there for the GOP and poking around for issues that matter are the same people. It's the same people running Senator Joey Bag of Donuts campaign. It's the same guy running state delegate Joey Bag of Donuts campaign. It's the same guys. They poke around, and the same thing they told people in the past, win or lose, like there's a guy in Maryland, I'm not going to leave his name out of it for obvious reasons. This guy's gotten paid as a political consultant. I'll bet Joe knows who he is, too. This dude has been living high on the hog on political consulting fees for, uh, Joe, I kid you not, I'll tell you after the show who it is, decades, you know, decades, and he has yet to win, I think, a significant race. But everybody who's used them, oh, you got to use this guy. You want my endorsement? You say, why would you want the endorsement of a guy who lost? Because he may have lost and still has a fundraising base. He may still have some influence. And he's like, you got to use this guy, this consultant, Joey Bag of Donuts. So it's the same losers. Why? The same losers are saying, don't touch the NFL issue. It has racial overtones. Doesn't have rate. What do you mean? I can't talk about this disrespecting the national anthem without being called a racist? No, no, I don't accept that. No, that's ridiculous. Matter of fact, I'm going to turn it back on you. You're a racist for saying that. Bingo! Damn right. It's the same consultants. Don't talk about a government shutdown. It's catastrophic for the GOP. Did you tell the tell the 15 prior candidates who lost who you consulted for that? Yes. Maybe we should try something different. No, no, I'm 0 for 15. I don't want to break the streak. By the way, I'm $10,000 a month in consulting fees. To give me a losing strategy? Don't talk about the press. Don't do it. Don't do it. They buy ink by the barrel. Don't do it. Hey, did you tell your 15 prior losing candidates that? Yes, but we almost won a few races. Guys, listen. I got real. The reason this is sensitive to me, I got really, really epically bad advice once from a political consultant. I'm not going to say her name again on my second campaign. She advised me to not enter into a race. I'm sure to this day I would have won. Now, I'm glad I am where I am. My political career is over. I cannot be clearer on that. I have been blessed by God and by uh, God blessing me the opportunity to talk to you, and I would never forfeit that. Thank you. But I'm telling you, a very, very bad piece of advice was given by someone who was a consultant on prior campaigns with rhinos. It was the worst piece of advice I ever got. Trump is different. I've been there, and I regret listening to it because my instinct said otherwise. Trump is a man who has made his millions and who has always followed his political instincts and he is relatively new to the process. The circle jerk of people who were the focus group tested people, the focus group tested consultants, the consultants who had given the, the advice to the 15 candidates who had lost in the past. Joe, where were they during the Donald Trump primary for president? Hmm. 
They were working for the other candidates. It was a packed field. Guys, ladies, this is not an insignificant point. It was a, what, 17-person field at one point? Huge. The depth of the field, Lindsey Graham, uh, Rubio, Ted Cruz, Kasich, Ben Carson. Carly. Carly, gosh, yeah, exactly. The names go on yeah. and on and on. The depth of the field mattered. Trump was not considered a serious candidate. These, these focus group tested uh, consultants who have a losing strategy, who've given bad advice, don't touch the NFL, don't touch this. These same consultants would already been scooped up by Rubio, by Cruz, by others. Well, Cruz had a lot of outsiders too, to be fair. I like Cruz a lot. I don't want, I'm not taking a shot at Ted Cruz. He's a good man. But a lot of them had jumped on to more establishment campaigns. Trump didn't have these guys. Trump had to run a campaign based on instinct and his political instincts based on being a business guy and and dealing and talking with normal people, union workers for his business deals, people who are out there building stuff, builders, construction workers, casino employees. His instincts were spot on. The focus group tested polls and the consultants that used them and fed this BS to their candidates were wrong. Trump won. He won the primary. He won the general. The man's instincts are spot on. And the fact that the media continues to sell this man and his instincts short leads people like to miss things that happened yesterday. His instincts were to epically troll the media yesterday at that press conference, knowing the Daily Caller is under fire by hack media goons on the left. And what does he do? His first instinct is to call on the Daily Caller. Because he knows. He senses this shutdown thing. He senses that the Democrats will be viewed as obstructionists on an issue that matters to Americans, border security. He knows. He knows the NFL pisses people off. Kneeling on He knows that. The focus group polls, we interviewed um, a, a diverse group of people on the NFL issue, and 51.6% said, this is great. Uh, that's not people watching the NFL, <laughs> and it certainly aren't people who support this country. Folks, to wrap this up, because I got to read a couple ads here, I know, but Joe's, Joe's giving me the looks. We do have to pay for the show, right? To wrap this up, Trump has turned around the media script. He has, we were told for years by the same group, this incestuous circular group of consultants who ran every major campaign, don't touch the media. Trump said, I'm not only not going to touch the media, I'm going to turn the fight back on them. And America loved it because they're tired of being lied to. Trump not being a politician and dealing in the real world, in the business world, with real people who do real jobs gave him a different political instinct. There's a different conversation outside of focus groups. Trump heard that conversation. He used it to highlight issues nobody else was highlighting, not in a significant way. The media, the NFL, the shutdown thing. And he has a unique ability to take his index finger and put it on the carotid artery there and take the pulse of the American people. And the media still doesn't get it. They dial up their criticism each and every day. And it's, it's you know, the best analogy I can give you is it's, it's the best Aikido move I've ever seen. You know, when I was a kid, I loved Aikido. Aikido is a martial art that uses your, the opponent's force against them. 
In other words, they come at you with a certain technique. You use their force coming at you, and you turn it against them in almost a, you know, a violent counterattack. Now, I'm not suggesting, but of course, please, if you listen to my show, you understand. I'm just trying to use the analogy that the media's force, the, the, uh, the, the pressure they try to exert on him, he turns and uses his energy back on them, and it just fuels people like, hey, these guys are just not right. They're just not telling us the truth anymore, and I'm supporting the guy who's taking them on. Trump. The media just doesn't doesn't get it. Hey, by the way, thanks to everyone who sent me the uh, Joe, the horse blinders. <laughs> <laughs> they're not blinders. <laughs> where, where Apparently, are they? they're, screens. they're screens. Yes, no, there are horse blinders for races, but I was talking about the horse farm through. Thank you to everyone. If you listen to yesterday's show, hey, when I don't know, I don't know, right? Was I not clear yesterday? I am not a farmer. I am a. I'm a city slicker. I was. Uh, thank you. I am. I have no problem with self-deprecating humor, telling you I don't know. And I thought those things on their faces were were horse. I thought it was something to do with mating season. I got probably a hundred emails, probably two hundred tweets or something. They're not blinders. They're screens. They keep the flies out of their eyes. Ah. They can see right through them. So thank you to all of America's farmers, horse people, outdoorsy folks. You're saving me from future embarrassment. But listen, I never lie to you on my show, and I don't know. Um, But there are horse blinders, and I still think liberals are wearing them. But uh, that was cool. Thanks for all the feedback. My wife and I laughed. She's like, it's 8 o'clock last night. I'm getting ready for Hannity. She goes, oh, here we go. Another horse email. (laughs) So much for our equine education, huh? Jeez. You know, I've learned a valuable lesson. I love my audience so much. You guys and ladies are the best. If there's a slip up on the show, oh. like I had said, oh, I know, I know. I'm getting, Joe's going to be, once, we got some special news coming up at the end of the year, but mm-hmm. Joe's going to have a more prominent role in the email thing. Um, I said redacted instead of unredacted the other day. Oh my gosh, I got probably 200 emails. If you say something on the show, our audience is now so big that we hear it all day, but we love it. That's why I put my, if I didn't like it, I wouldn't put my email yeah, out It got there. by me. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I, I didn't, we, and Joe, I said, do you know anything about horses? He's like, I don't know anything about horses. I don't know what you're talking about. All right. Uh, I'm going to read a couple ads here because today's show, as we paid for, I love our sponsors and I like the fact that you all support them. It means a lot to me. Uh, Patriot Supply, we haven't seen them in a while. Can you imagine going months with the only food in your pantry right now, with the only food you have being in your pantry, I hate that word pantry, but in your food closet, my food closet inside is not that that, that stacked, and I live in a hurricane zone, but I have my Patriot Supply food. I have, I have lots of it, actually, boxes of it in my closet. Well, unfortunately, this reality uh, came true and is really brutal. At the top of mind is what happened to people in Puerto Rico when the electric system went down. It was tough to get food in there. Ladies and gentlemen, preparedness. This is not an option for you. You should seriously consider picking up some boxes of my Patriot supp- uh, Supply uh, food. Last for 25 years. This is great stuff. Folks, this is why we need a plan to take care of our family. If a crisis strikes where you live, my friends at My Patriot Supply understand this need. They're busy this month helping Patriots prepare, and they feel the need to prepare has never been greater. It hasn't. You have hurricanes. You have always the threat of EMP. Uh, other, you know, listen. The, these threats are small, right? But the, the, the cost of preparing for your family is small, too. Don't you want to mitigate this? This is all we did in my prior line of work was preparedness. We didn't say, well, you know, this, but we're not going to wear body armor today because the chances of an incident are low. The, the, if the incident, God forbid, would happen, the, the outcome would be catastrophic. Preparedness matters. That's why my Patriot Supply is offering a never-seen-before pricing on their popular three-month emergency food kit. This week only. Get this food kit for your family and you will save $250 at the special website, preparewithdan.com. 
That's preparewithdan.com, preparewithdan.com. This three-month emergency food kit, three months, folks. I have, a, I have a couple of them because I have my family to worry about too. This three-month emergency food kit is priced to sell out quickly, and they do. It includes breakfast, lunches, and dinners packaged in uh, rugged, slimline totes. The food lasts up to 25 years in storage. That's $250 in special savings this week only. Call 888-411-8926 or go online to preparewithdan.com. Preparewithdan.com. Again, that's 888-411-8926 or preparewithdan.com. Um I appreciate it, folks. Preparedness matters. Uh, today's show also brought to you by my buddies at Brickhouse Nutrition. Big fans of Brickhouse. Uh, they just sent me a, a bottle yesterday of Foundation and Field of Greens. Uh, Foundation, uh, I'm going to talk to you quickly about today. Foundation is a terrific product. For those of you out there, CrossFitters, recreational uh, martial artists, people who are athletes, people who are recreational athletes, I just have a simple question for you. Are you interested in looking better, feeling better, and performing better? A simple question. Three questions, actually, because foundation will check all of those boxes. It is an incredible product. It is a creatine ATP blend. The only thing I can tell you about this product is take the mirror test and the performance test. If you think, if you think, ah, he's being hyperbolic, foundation, brick house, I've heard him talk about it before. I'm begging you, take the mirror test. Pick up a, pot- a bottle of the product at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle at BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up foundation, right? Give it, take the product for about five days. The label instructions are clear. Five to seven days, I want you to look in the mirror and look at the difference in your physique. It speaks for itself. I get emails on this all the time. Also, go to the gym. Take a notebook with you. Do whatever, bench press, squat, deadlift, chin-ups, whatever. I want you to take a note of how many you do, repetition sets. And then seven days later, go back, do it again. Look at those notes. You'll beat that score. This stuff is that good. It is terrific. Go to BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. That's BrickHouseNutrition.com slash Dan. Pick up a bottle of foundation today. You won't regret it. Thanks for bearing with me, folks. My sponsors are great. They pay for the show. I really appreciate all your patience with that, okay? Uh, Today was a little different because of uh, the book and the launch and everything, so I'm mixing things up a little bit. Um, Okay, on the Spygate, again, new book out now. Deeply appreciate if you pick it up, my new book, Spygate, on Amazon. Brit Hume, uh, he's Brit Hume from Fox has an interesting way uh, on Twitter. He has a different style um, than me, obviously. <laughs> Brit Hume is one of those guys who just so delicately can take you down. I love his tweets. Um, I don't even know if I got. I don't even know if I follow him. If I don't, I should. But his tweets are retweeted so often. I see them in my timeline, and he has this really just you know, elegant way of taking you down. Whereas me, it's, you you know, usually brute force on Twitter most of the time. And he tweeted out something yesterday that I think highlights the point I've been trying to make over the course of the last two shows. The Democrats, I've told you the talking points are about to change. The talking points first, reviewing this historically about the spying operation on Trump. First talking point a couple of years ago, there was no spying operation on Trump. You were all conspiracy theorists. Secondly, there was a spying operation on, on Trump, but it wasn't a FISA warrant. It may have just been some interest in a Trump campaign person connected to the Russians. Third, there's a FISA warrant, but it was justified. Fourth, there was a FISA warrant that may not have been justified, but all the information that does justify it is in the redactions you can't see, right? We've been talking about mm-hmm. this. Because the warrant to spy on the Trump team has redactions, black marks all over it. There are large portions of it you cannot see. 
over 50% of it, you can't see. The Dems' new talking point was, 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 was. I'm not trying to repeat yesterday's show. I'm going to tell you something, Britt tweeted out, because if you listen to yesterday's show, you see where I'm going with this. The new talking point was the really bad information about the Trump team is in those redactions, and you can't see it. Do you notice how that kind of died down? Woo. Joe, where's our boy? Shifty! Yo! Yo, Shifty! Where's Shifty? Where's Adam Schiff? Have you Adam Schiff, Captain Clown, the guy on TV all the time, liberal Democrat conspiracy theorist, primary promoter of the Russia hoax, is usually all right all over CNN and MSNBC and the weekend shows. Joe's looking around for Shifty. Shifty, where are you? No one can find Shifty. Where's he been? Shifty's been really quiet about calls to unredact the redacted information. Wait, wait, why? I thought all the bad stuff, which they probably, <laughs> if you only saw, thank God we're not on video right now. I would be, I would have to delete this. If you only saw what Armacost is up to right now. Oh my gosh. <laughs> no, Shifty, we have seen nothing from, <laughs> nothing from him on the unredactions over the last few days. It's, it's gone away. Keep in mind, this is the primary conspiracy theorist on the left right now. Him and Eric Swalwell. The Russia hoax, it happened. <laughs> Do you have any evidence? No, but one of these days we will. <laughs> they have nothing. So Britt Hume tweeted out last night, Don't you, haven't you noticed that Nunes, Devin Nunes, the Republican running the investigation into Spygate, is now openly, you heard the clip yesterday, practically begging the Trump administration to unredact the redactions to take away the blackouts and let the public see what's in there while the Democrat, awfully quiet, awfully quiet on that. Why? Well, again, if you listen to yesterday's show, you know it's because the redacted information is probably worse than what we can actually see. I will. I am sure of it that it covers informant material and it covers an ongoing operation against Carter Page. Now, why am I bringing this up? Not just to highlight Britt Hume's tweet, which I thought was a good one. Where's Shifty been? Basically is the gist of his tweet. Although he calls him Adam Schiff, of course. But the Adam Baldwin, who I, the actor who I love, he's awesome. He tweeted out the other day. This guy's money. He tweets out the other day. Yo, Shifter! <laughs> if you follow me on Twitter, you saw it. That guy is awesome. So uh, here's what's going on, folks. The narrative is I stay on top of this. I told you I read the Twitter accounts. They're about to flip the script again. We'll flip you. We'll flip you for real. They're about to flip. Here's the new narrative. The new narrative is going to be, well, Carter Page, he was under surveillance in 2013 and 2014. There may have been another surveillance warrant on Carter Page of FISA in 2013. You see what they're doing? They have now forfeited completely any semblance of attachment to reality that the current FISA warrants that were used to spy on the Trump team have any basis in probable cause in the law. They've given that up. They have, I'm not talking about the DOJ or the FBI because they are, they're bedrocked in the law. They're going to have to stick to the script or they're going to be in a whole world of trouble. I'm talking about politically speaking. They've now given up the idea that any of the current information in the FISA warrant is real. 
So their new line of attack is going to be, and I'm going to put a Lawfare blog piece up in the show notes. I encourage you to read it. Their new line of attack is going to be, there was a fight that won in 2013 against Page. Folks, they cannot, they just will not take a bath on this. Remember what I told you about taking a bath? Corporations, you got bad news, you put it all out one quarter. Just take a bath and get rid of it. The Democrats, they've, their entire house has been built on collusion. There's nothing there. They have to keep changing the story to buy time because there's nothing. They can't recreate what didn't happen. They don't have it. <laughs> they don't have, there's no there there. As the lead investigator, Peter Stroke, texted his girlfriend about the collusion case. He literally said, not figuratively, there's no there there. <laughs> so the news story is going to be, well, 2013, there was some FISA activity around Page. Ladies and gentlemen, this is going to be a failure of epic proportions. This now new, 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 new. Maybe one more new. Are we on six or seven narratives? Joe, I don't know. Joe and I are losing <laughs> narrative count, right? <laughs> we have a good time doing this. I like Joe. Really. I, I, sometimes in the morning, I wake up a little salty and I do the show. I always feel better. That's why I go to the gym after the show. Uh, the new, 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 new narrative is not going to work either. It works for us, not for them. Because again, ladies and gentlemen, if there was a 2013-2014 FISA warrant to spy on Carter Page... They, where they believe they had probable cause he was a foreign agent in violation of U.S. law. Then why was Carter Page never arrested? Why was Carter Page not under 24-hour surveillance? Why was the Trump team not warned specifically about Carter Page? Why did the Obama team then let a suspected foreign agent who was acting as a, according to the allegations, right? If this is the new left, I'm saying, I'm not, I want to be crystal clear. I'm not alleging Carter Page did anything. I'm suggesting to you the left's new narrative, politically speaking, is he was suspicious in 2013. Obama was the president. Why didn't he do anything? Um, I didn't expect you to ask me that. I don't know. You're a racist. They don't have anything. So you let a suspected Russian agent join a political campaign in the United States? You did not arrest him? You did nothing about it? Folks, you gotta have the ammunition ready for this fight immediately. I'm telling you, this is going to be their next charge. Well, they were spying on him in 2013. Really? Obama did nothing about that? They let a potential Russian spy operate freely in the United States? Did nothing about it? Didn't arrest him? And didn't warn a political campaign? But he was a Republican. You're the president of the United States. You let a foreign agent infiltrate a political campaign? Of course, ladies and gentlemen, that is not the answer because he was not a foreign agent. He was just a convenient patsy for the Democrats to use to get a FISA warrant again. And their excuse was likely the Democrats pushing the FBI to do it through their political operative uh, who thought he was a CIA director, John Brennan. Said, well, didn't we get a FISA warrant this guy in 2013? What did it turn up? Nothing. But let's do it again because he's with Trump. Folks, Carter Page was used as a government asset, a source in the Buryakov case. 
This is a big, huge scam. Read the Lawfare blog piece if you think I'm kidding. This is going to be narrative uh, whatever, 7, 8, 9, or 10. It's all BS. Um, also, some breaking news yesterday with uh, Rudy Giuliani. If you missed out numbered yesterday, oh boy. Man, I got off the air, and I'm sitting there, and I'm in my kitchen. Monday, I don't work out, right? So I'm in my kitchen. I'm watching Outnumbered on Fox, and Giuliani calls in. And man, did he... If you missed Outnumbered yesterday, you missed a half an hour of some of the most explosive television you have ever seen. All right, I'll, I'll get to that in a second. So I'll last read for the day. But this is a new sponsor, and uh, I'm really happy to have them on board because my wife and kid are now addicted. Uh, my oldest, Isabel, are now addicted to this uh, this program. Skillshare. Today's episode of Dan Bongino Show is sponsored by our buddies at Skillshare. My daughter can't stop with the French classes on there. This is like paying for a college education and getting it at a bargain. This is incredible. Skillshare is an online learning platform with over 20,000 20,000, not 2,000, 20,000 classes in business, design, technology, and more. You know, I get questions a lot, Joe, at the show. Hey, right, you get them too. How do we start a podcast? Yeah, they got a class for that. By the way, it's a good one too. Skillshare, Skillshare, Skillshare. You can take classes in social media marketing, data science, like my daughter's taking one in French. My wife, who designs websites, was like, you know what? I found some really cool stuff on there. Mobile photography, creative writing. You name it, they've got it. If my wife was close, I'd pull her in here. I'm not messing with it. She loves this. This, You know, we got a lot of sponsors. They're all good, but she's been using this nonstop. So whether you're trying to deepen your professional skill set, start a side hustle, or just explore a new passion, Skillshare is there to keep you learning and thriving. The quality of these videos is incredible. It's incredible. Listen, I like some of these other video sites, but some of the stuff on there is like, really? You got to sift through for this. The quality of this stuff is off the charts. Again, my daughter's deeply immersed in their French stuff, right? She wants to learn how to speak French. My wife's been using the web development and the podcast. If you're interested in starting a podcast, they have a really, really good set of courses on that. Join the millions of students already learning on Skillshare today with a special offer. Again, just for my listeners, get two months of Skillshare for just 99 cents. That's right, 99 cents. Skillshare is offering the Dan Bongino Show listeners two months of unlimited access to over 20,000 classes for just 99 cents. To sign up, go to Skillshare.com slash Bongino. That's Skillshare.com slash Bongino to start your two months now. That's Skillshare.com slash Bongino. You will love it. You won't be able to turn it off once you start. It's addictive. Skillshare.com slash Bongino. Um, okay. So Giuliani calls in yesterday, as I was saying, and one of the interesting things that came out, of course, Rudy Giuliani is representing Trump as his attorney right now, mm -hmm. uh, trying to defend themselves against the Russia hoax, right? The fairy tale. Mm -hmm. So he calls in and he's trying to, um, I don't know, clean up an earlier appearance on CNN where he had said collusion is not a crime. And of course, left wing media people. Uh, which he's cor correct about, by the way, left-wing media people who are not interested in the facts took that as meaning that, oh, they're already conceding that there was collusion between Trump and the Russians. There was not a crime. They are not conceding that. Okay, stop listening to left-wing media goons. Giuliani was crystal clear later on that he was simply stating a legal tautological statement. Collusion is not, ladies and gentlemen, there is no crime collusion. You understand that, right? There is no collusion crime. There's conspiracy, but that's not collusion. Me and Joe are colluding on this podcast right now. Mm -hmm. 
Collusion is not a crime. Not a crime. That doesn't mean Giuliani was conceding that there was, in fact, collusion. They have been consistent on this from the start, that there was no collusion. Trump has put out innumerable tweets on this. Here's the problem, though. There's another allegation surfacing by Cohen that we addressed the other day, but it's important to bring up. Michael Cohen was Trump's personal attorney who is now working, according to some accounts, uh, with the Bob Mueller team. Cooperating, I should say. And in that cooperation, there was an allegation in the press that Cohen is going to say that Trump knew about the Russia meeting. Now, it's been assumed, Joe, this is important, folks. This is an interesting wrinkle. It's been assumed that when they were talking about the meeting with the Russians, they were talking about the one in Trump Tower where the two Hillary Clinton Fusion GPS connected Russians, which is, by the way, a point you should never forget, showed up at Trump Tower to meet with Don Jr., which is fascinating. Joe, like, right. Let's collude to steal an election. Let's do it quietly. Come to Trump Tower in the middle of the day with the press in the lobby. I mean, this stupid. Folks, the stupidity of this is absolutely intergalactic, right? Needless to say, no one's accusing the left of being bright. We know that the two people that showed up, and if this is detailed out in my book, you will not forget it. The two people that showed up were connected to the Clintons and Fusion GPS. So was the translator connected to the State Department, Mm -hmm. by the way, which is, again, another fascinating wrinkle. Leaving that aside, the allegations are that Cohen's going to say Donald Trump Sr., the president, President Trump, knew about the meeting. Now, he's on the record of having said multiple times he did not know about the meeting. So Giuliani went on yesterday and said, trying to clear this up a bit, said that some story is going to break about this. Now, it gets a little confusing, but try to follow me. Because the hosts were a little confused yesterday, too. Giuliani says Trump did know about this Russia meeting. But that's not the meeting. He didn't know about that Russia meeting in Trump Tower, that there supposedly is another meeting that was proposed that Cohen knows about that didn't happen. And Giuliani said Trump didn't attend this meeting and then went on to say the meeting didn't happen. Here's the bottom line. I'm just trying to give you what one side saying versus the other. Left wing media types and leaks are alleging that Trump's lawyer is going to say he Donald Trump senior, the president, President Trump knew about Don Trump Jr.'s meeting. With the Russians. Giuliani's coming back saying, it's not the meeting in Trump Tower. Trump stands by his story. He had no knowledge of that. That there was some other meeting with Russians proposed and that Trump did not attend this meeting and this meeting didn't happen. That's Giuliani's point. But it's important you understand the distinction because again, it's not illegal to meet with Russians. It is illegal to conspire to do things to break and violate U.S. law. That's illegal. It is not illegal to meet with Russians. It is certainly not illegal to hear about a meeting with Russians someone proposes and saying no. Why this is a controversy, despite the fact that Hillary Clinton's team actually worked with Russian sources to get information, is bizarre. And by the way, nobody is acquiescing to you liberal types any point about collusion. It didn't happen. It did not happen. You're making it up. I'm simply suggesting to you that Donald Trump is allowed to have conversations about meetings with anybody he wants as long as they're not in violation of U.S. law. And even worse, if he doesn't do the meeting, doesn't agree to the meeting, it doesn't show up at the meeting, I don't understand what your point is. So that's I want to be crystal clear about what the two sides are saying. Giuliani's saying, yes, 
He knew about some other meeting. It was not that meeting, not the Trump Tower meeting we've been talking about in this show for the last year. It's a different meeting, which he didn't go to, and Giuliani's saying didn't even happen. Again, there's no there there. That's going to be narrative number what? 9, 10, 15, 72? Okay, a couple cool economic stories I have in the show notes today. Um, I want you to, again, hammer home uh, into your head, into your cerebral cortex, because liberal narratives, once they get viral, tend to set in even when they're not true, which is basically all of them. Um, We're hearing this again about wages under the Trump administration because the economy now is motoring along. The last quarter, GDP growth was 4.1 percent. and The Democrats are in an interesting little dilemma here. The dilemma, which I addressed a few weeks ago on the show, is still going to be prevalent during the midterm election cycle. And here it is. Economists, credible ones, not the lefty goofs, you know. Credible economists, the American people, working class Americans, are starting to feel the effects of the Trump GOP tax cuts. They are starting to filter through the economy. The economy is growing. The numbers now are not disputable. The economy is growing. Grew 4.1%. We haven't seen numbers like that in a very long time. They're growing cumulatively. They're starting to build on top of themselves. Uh, You know, cumulative interest uh, accrual is a big deal. It works the same way in an economy as well. The Democrats have a problem right now, folks. No Democrats, as in zero, voted for the Trump tax cuts. So the problem they have now, Joe, is you can either acknowledge you are not on the side of the policy that led to economic growth, or you can run against the economy and try to talk it down. Incredibly, instead of just doing a mea culpa and coming out in some of these swingy districts and swing states where Democrats say, listen, I didn't vote for this, but it's a good idea. I see that now the economy's growing and if it comes up for renewal, which it will, and there's a tax cuts 2.0, I'm on board. Instead of doing that, and folks, listen, I get these emails. Don't give them advice. They're not going to, I'm not, I'm telling you this so you're prepared. They're not going to take it because the Democrats have gone way, way left. Instead, their preferred tactic is now to run against the economy. Wages aren't going up. They're talking down and making stuff up the economy, which is either way they lose. Acknowledge you made a mistake, you're probably going to lose. Don't acknowledge you made a mistake and act like the economy stinks while Americans are getting wages, wage increases, promotions, new jobs. You look like an idiot. So now that they're on track to, Joe, which they are, and they've chosen to talk the economy down, it's a blip, the growth. This isn't real. It's fake. Soybeans, wages. These are all real talking points they put out there. The wages thing is completely, utterly falling apart. Yesterday's show, I brought up a data point. Commerce Department, a government entity, the left swears they love the government, is now reporting wages, remember this number, are growing 25% faster under Donald Trump than they were under Barack Obama. Kind of throws that wage argument up in the air, doesn't it? Point number two, follow this closely. I have an article in the show notes today. I want you to read it. It's real short in Fox Business. The Employment Cost Index, which is an index of costs for employers. Joe, what's one of their biggest costs? Wages. The Employment Cost Index is a relatively convenient proxy for wages going up. Remember the Democrats' argument. Yeah, the economy, but the wages, no one's getting paid. Oh, really? Just put out a number. The Employment Cost Index is on pace for a 2.8% growth this year. The highest number since 2008. Oh, 2008. Uh, right before Barack Obama got in charge. Oh. 
right before Barack Obama took the reins there. How's that working out for you? You feel stupid. <laughs> I did not see that coming. How's that working out for you? How about that? How's that working out for you? 25% faster wage growth under Donald Trump. 2.8% employment cost index wage hikes. Fastest since 2008, since before Barack Obama got in there. How you like them apples? How they taste? Don't chew on the seeds. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, I'm telling you nothing they tell you about the economy is true. Nothing. These are false prophets. They make stuff up and they, they gaslight you. Remember, they lie, they lie confidently, and they try to isolate for you from the truth, which Donald Trump has totally thrown them for a loop because they can't isolate you from the truth anymore because Trump just tweets it out. There's no there there. The wage argument is now dead and buried. Just please remember the numbers. Okay, uh, one more uh, one more thing I wanted to get to, how phony they are. I have a really cool piece by the daily caller you know they're big income inequality advocates now you know income inequality income inequality fascinating piece by the daily caller and i think it's aei so tom perez who's the head of the dnc did you hear this story joe this is hysterical you guys didn't cover this on wcvm did you yeah i don't think so tom perez head of the dnc <laughs> he's coming out of dca reagan airport the other day right and I guess someone catches a oh. shot of him on the uh, on their camera. I you say you know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I got a, it. a picture of him on their cell phone camera. And the picture goes viral quickly. It's not because he's doing anything weird, but he has a certain item on him, a bag, and it catches the attention of the viewers. <laughs> the people who see the picture are like, wow, is that the whatever? Louis Vuitton? <laughs> I don't even know the name. <laughs> Is that the Louis Vuitton golden horseshoe bag or whatever it is? I don't know. I Listen, I, I love, I'm a capitalist. Great. Louis Vuitton. I don't have a Louis. I have an Oakley bag. I mean, whatever. I, really, I have a roller. If you've seen me in the airport, you know it. I carry either an Oakley bag or this little black roller. It cost me like 250 bucks. He had the Louis Vuitton. Vuitton. Can we say it that way? The Louis Vuitton bag. The bag. Tom Perez, big income inequality advocate, big class warrior. The Louis Vuitton bag costs $840. Oh! I mean, uh, no, no, take that back. No. $1,840. Oh. Even worse. I missed the one. Oh! $1,840. Joe doesn't even pay $1,840 in rent. No! The, that <laughs> Louis Vuitton. Now, hysterically, they come out with a statement like, it wasn't his bag. It was the staffers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, what, your staffers? You're paying your staff what? $1,840 bags? Folks, these people are total phonies. Papa's got a brand new bag. You're damn right he does. (laughs) Uh, Joe, brother, I don't fault this dude. I'm a capitalist. Buy the bag all you want. I don't care. Don't care. I'll stick with the Oakley kitchen sink bag. It's, I don't know what it is, $200? It works for me. I'm golden. I've had the same Oakley bag since I've been in the Secret Service. That's fine. I don't fault normal people for that. I do fault phony, fake, income inequality class warriors who live the high life, blame it on their staff, yep. and then go out and go, oh, you evil rich people, we got Louis Vuitton and your yachts. And as they do the exact same thing, you big fakes.
Read that. Look at that Vatron picture. <laughs> There's another piece I have in here. Robert Reich. Big income inequality warrior. Big liberal economist propagandist. Turns out Robert Reich charges 40K for a one-hour speech. Oh! Read the piece. Emmanuel Saez, income inequality researcher at University of Berkeley. Salary, 349350 a year. You can really afford a couple of bags on that salary as your income inequality warring against the rest of us, you big fakes. Listen, I don't, I'm not knocking your salaries. Good for you. The market thinks a Robert Rice speech is worth forty thousand. Uh, you couldn't give me forty thousand to attend a Robert Rice speech, but someone thinks this guy is worth it. Great. Knock yourself out. Just leave us the heck alone, you big phonies. Thank you very much. Read the pieces. Send them to your liberal friends. Explain this one away. That's all. It's a great show today. Rarely have I had so much fun. Hey, thanks again. And uh, please, again, I'm, I'm asking you as a friend, pick up the book. Uh, we put a lot of work into it. It's only been delayed because we had an ad. Uh, we had significant information to put in the end. And I promise you there was some mind-blowing stuff in there you have not heard. When the book comes out, I, I can talk about it on the air a little more. Uh, but it's really, it talks about some Republicans too. You're going to be surprised. So pick up my new book, available for pre-order now on Amazon. Spygate, the attempted sabotage of Donald Trump. Go check it out on Amazon today. I really appreciate it. Thanks for tuning in, folks. I will see you all tomorrow. You just heard the Dan Bongino Show. Get more of Dan online anytime at conservativereview.com. You can also get Dan's podcasts on iTunes or SoundCloud. And follow Dan on Twitter 24-7 at DBongino.